Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. A lot to get to this week, uh, and we're going to talk about Kendricks. We'll talk about Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, what's going on in the league, what the Vikings might do next. First of all, let's just give props to K.J. Osborne. He's always been a very uh, respected and popular figure in that locker room since he arrived with the Vikings. But you never know if somebody's actually going to pull somebody out of a burning car and (laughs) save their life. Uh, It's such a great story, Jeff. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, yeah, KJ has done has done great things on and off the field. And that may be the best thing he's ever done in terms of that rescue effort that he had the other day. So um, certainly give him kudos. And uh, as you said, doing the right stuff. Great to see. Yes. Uh, let's get into some actual Vikings on the field news now. Uh, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore, our longtime sponsor. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. If you like this show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can also go to talknorth.com, check out all the shows, all the archives of the shows. And again, if you like the show, subscribe. It's the easiest way to listen. And again, it is free. Thanks for listening to talknorth.com. We do appreciate it. Uh, so Eric Kendricks, the first big player decision to be made. The Vikings release him. They save about $9.5 million against the cap. And we have another five very interesting, perhaps difficult decisions coming down the road. Uh, what did you think? Did, were you surprised at all by the Kendricks move, Jeff? I, I would say mildly surprised. I really expected them to, to keep <clears throat> Eric Hendricks on a restructured deal and just move around some money. And then cut Jordan Hicks, which would have saved $5 million. And I think they still probably will cut Jordan Hicks in order to get more speed into that linebacker core. But we'll see if they decide to keep one veteran linebacker. Certainly Brian Asamoa, the third round pick last year is, is going to be a starter. And he looked good in his limited time last year, had a big force fumble, as we recall, and fumble recovery against the Giants uh, to stop a drive. Troy Dye is a former fourth-round pick, and, and he's been okay on special teams, and so we'll see about him. Perhaps it's a player that they draft next month. William Quenku is another guy that they have had last year. So, But I, I would say I was mildly surprised about Eric Kendricks due to his leadership, uh, his production. He still led the team in tackles. He It was his first year in the three, four system after being a four, three linebacker for his entire career under Mike Zimmer in his first seven seasons. And at his peak, we know he was a terrific player, an all pro in 2019. He was a big part of that top ranked Viking defense in 2017. So I was a little bit surprised, but again, saving 9.5 million. I, I really thought the first move, big move would be to do an extension with Kirk Cousins but I'm starting to wonder if perhaps the Daniel Jones contract may have made things a little more difficult to get Cousins to agree to a extension that that is anything less than forty million a year, where Daniel Jones is signing. That let's get into that. That's going to be fascinating because uh, you know. <laughs> Cousins has had such great leverage in his career. The Vikings desperately needed a quarterback. They signed him for a lot of money. They gave him a lot of money on an extension. And here we're at that weird juncture where 
you know, what Cousins decides to do affects the, the future of this franchise and the money planning for 2023. If he, you know, if, if he does agree to an extension, then they can structure the contract in a way that really helps them. If, it, if he won't agree to an extension, that does limit their, by uh, means, more cuts to other veterans. Yeah, it does. And, and he certainly knows that. And he wants to be able to surround himself with as much talent as possible. So I, I expect them to get this done in, in the next week. And as I said, it, it's, it's not going to be under $40 million, I don't think, after, after the Daniel Jones deal. And I'm, I'm sure the Giants had hoped that that would get done around 35, but they had to step up a little bit more to get it done. I understand that because they wanted to be able to keep both he and Saquon Barkley. So they were in a tough spot. And, and I think Jones is, is really a, a, a very good player, had kind of a, an emerging season last year. We know what happened in the playoff game. But then again, he had kind of a, a dud against Philadelphia in the divisional round. So he's a guy that really has had one good year out of four years. And to the extent the Giants didn't even feel that they would exercise his fifth-year option, which made him a, a potential free agent this year. So I think Cousins' price tag has gone up as the quarterback market's gone up, as the salary cap has gone up by $20 million, as the TV money is rising. We know the salary cap's going to keep going up. And there are going to be some big quarterback deals coming down the pike here very soon. Guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. So it's going to be a little bit pricey for the Vikings to, to keep their starting quarterback, but he still is probably a top 12 guy in the league and, and had his best season, as we've talked about often, until that last throw in the playoff game. <laughs> so they got to find a way to get it done. I think they will. But meanwhile, there are going to be some other cuts that are going to be happening with this Viking team in the next week. I, I expect them to cut Dalvin Cook and, and save an, another $8 million. Harris, uh, Jordan Hicks, I mentioned, I think there'll be some restructures of guys like Harrison Smith, Brian O'Neill, Adam Thielen. So I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going on here in the next week. But, but the Kendricks move was the first domino to fall, definitely for the Viking salary cap. And they've still got about $14 million to trim in order to be under the cap by March 15th. And the inter- interesting thing here is, uh, you know, this was a slow defense and at times looked like a poorly coached defense. They add Asamoa and Seen and Booth and maybe another high draft pick, maybe a first-round draft pick. They use that on a corner or a pass rusher. All of a sudden, this defense could get very uh, – very much younger and faster overnight. Yeah, and I think that they'll take a look at the free agent market too. And there's some very good linebackers, some very good inside linebackers. A lot of these guys play, you know, in a four-three. Guys like T.J. Edwards in Philadelphia, uh, Jermaine Pratt in, in Cincinnati. Some really good players out there. But there's also some good three-four linebackers. David Long of Tennessee. Drew Tranquil of the Chargers, and these guys are all in that 26 to 28-year-old range. And then there's a an old vet who had a, had a really good year last year, Levante David, down in Tampa Bay. He's coming off a $12.5 million a year deal, but is, is his price tag dropping if the Bucks let him go? He, he's another interesting guy to keep your eye on and was very productive last year. 
the one thing I, I, I do, I don't see them bringing Kendricks back. Sometimes teams cut a player and then bring them back at a lower salary. But usually in order to do that, they prefer to, to get the reduction done before they release them and take that dead money hit. And, and so even though Kendrick's dead money hit was only about 1.9 million, but I, I don't think he's coming back after Kevin O'Connell made a comment that uh, I expect he and his wife, Allie to make a great impact in their next destination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's gone and I, and it, it is an interesting dynamic. We've talked about this on the Viking update show with John Krasinski as well. Uh, a lot of NFL players won't take a, restructure or a salary reduction with their current team, even if they know they can't get that kind of money in the market. In other words, the, emotionally, it's much easier for them to go sign a new deal elsewhere than it is take a pay cut where they feel like they've completely invested themselves. Yeah. And definitely back in the day in my GM days, when the, when the salary caps used to only go up about $2 million a year, there were many occasions where I had to go to a veteran player and say, we just can't afford you at the salary whether it was going to be a their their production had declined, which arguably is somewhat the case with Kendricks, although I th- still think he's a he's a good player, and I think he'll get he'll get a good deal elsewhere, probably not for for that kind of money. But it was always tough to go to a player in a negotiation and an agent and say we need you to take a pay cut, but I'll build it back with incentives if you're starting and you're playing eighty five percent of the downs. Or whatever, and if you have your Pro Bowl player, that you can make more money than you were supposed to make. Those were very tough deals, and some players. And I'd say to them, I think if we end up releasing you, you may wind up signing for minimum salary somewhere. And I think this is a much better deal incentivized. But a lot of players, as you said, ego wise, they didn't want to face other their teammates in the locker room and say, "Oh, you took a pay cut." Well, if they were smart, they did take that cut and take the incentive package to build it back, especially if they were projected not to be a starter in the future. So, so it, it, it is an interesting dynamic at work. Definitely. As you said, Jeff, of course, the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans has worked with agents and players and in the media for a long time. Now he's one of our many experts across the TalkNorth.com platform. We have outdoor content, variety shows. We've added Joe Anderson, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. We have Michael Russo and LaPanta on the wild. We've got a bunch of hockey shows. Uh, we have a great baseball show, Chin Music with Lavelle and Roy and myself, uh, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves and the NBA. Uh, so check out talknorth.com. A lot of good stuff there. Today, right now, let us thank our longtime sponsor here, Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. And that is White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, General Manager Charlie Guttrell, and their great staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running. With the best selection and their super-friendly premium team, check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You'll see 2.9% APR for five years, plus a $4,000 purchase allowance for GMC Sierra 1500 elevation models, 3.9% APR for five years, plus a $750 purchase allowance for Buick Envisions, 4.15% APR for five years, plus $750 purchase allowance on GMC Terrain's 
and no monthly payments for 90 days on all these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Quarterback stories dominate the NFL, and it's, it's really fascinating what's going on right now. Aaron Rodgers visiting with the Jets. Derek Carr signing with the Saints. Daniel Jones gets uh, the, the big contract. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like one of the greatest athletes in the history of the NFL at the Combine. Uh, where do you want to go? But, I mean, we have, we have a lot of moving pieces here. We have a lot of intrigue. Uh, let's start with this. Anthony Richardson is lighting up the Combine with his athletic ability coming off a Super Bowl where Jalen Hurts, another great athlete with remarkable strength, you know, came very close to winning it, uh, winning it all. What do you think of Anthony Richardson? And do you think somebody will use a a top 10 pick on him? I I do think someone will use a top 10 pick on him. I think it it is buyer beware on an Anthony Richardson who only completed slightly over 50% of his passes last season at Florida. And that was his one year as a starter there. So you've got to be careful, especially with the workout warrior mentality at the combine. But but he's certainly a superior athlete. And there's a lot of speculation that, that a guy like Shane Steichen, who w- was the offensive coordinator with the Eagles, now the head coach of the Colts. And the Colts are one of the teams rumored to be interested in moving up to that top spot with trading with the Bears. Would they take Richardson number one overall as opposed to Bryce Young, the more finished product from Alabama or C.J. Stroud from Ohio State? I I tend to doubt it, but Richardson is is very intriguing. Big guy, kind of built very big like a Cam Newton type, a Josh Allen type. And coaches always believe that they can change players, they can improve them, and it did happen with Josh Allen. He was only slightly over over 50% his last year at Wyoming. And he completed over 65% last year with the Bills and has definitely improved his accuracy. So Richardson definitely has the arm strength to do it and the mobility. And maybe Steichen sees another Jalen Hurts <laughs> in the future there. We'll see. But I definitely think somebody's going to take Anthony Richardson in the top 10 if he makes it down to number nine and, and the Panthers don't trade up, I think that they would jump on him and, and figure maybe he's their next Cam Newton. But but he's definitely an intriguing prospect who improved his at least public perception at, at the Combine. But again, as I said, and as I told our scouts forever and ever, let's look more closely at how a guy played in college as opposed to how he looks in the underwear Olympics in Indianapolis. And, and so I think it's got to be careful about a guy like Anthony Richardson, but he's certainly a, a great athlete and, and a very intriguing prospect, as I said. And perhaps the most intriguing story of this offseason, other than I guess Aaron Rodgers is always number one. I just get sick of it. Uh, Lamar Jackson representing himself, still no deal with the Ravens. Ravens have publicly said they really want him back. They love him. They recognize how important he is. Uh, he hasn't budged yet. And, what the, you know, at least the national reporters keep on throwing out stories saying this thing isn't interested. This team isn't interesting. It isn't interested. So what do you make of the entire Lamar Jackson saga? And do you have any uh, insight into how it might be resolved? 
Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people are throwing around the collusion word <laughs> as far as NFL owners don't want to give another fully guaranteed contract after the Deshaun Watson fiasco in Cleveland. But that was, as they say, the term outlier because Watson had a no trade clause and he could dictate where he was going to go. And he wanted to go to Atlanta or Miami and, and not in Cleveland. But in order to, for Cleveland to get him, they gave him that fully guaranteed $230 million deal which skewed the market and, and really messed up the Jackson negotiations for the Ravens when you had other quarterbacks that were getting more in the maybe 60 to 70% guarantee range in their deals. Rogers got 150 guaranteed out of 250. And so it's tough for Baltimore in this situation. And, and I'm not going to call it collusion necessarily, in, in Lamar's case, and he, he's certainly a great player, but there are question marks about him. Health-wise, he's missed 11 games over the last two seasons, has not finished either of the last two years, so the Ravens get bounced out of the playoffs last year in the first round by the Bengals. And furthermore, it's a situation for him, if he's asking for that fully guaranteed contract, representing himself, which is, I think, a disservice to himself. There's just a lot of things at work here. Uh, for for Lamar Jackson that are preventing a deal getting done. I'm not surprised that Baltimore gave him the non-exclusive franchise tender at $32.4 million instead of the exclusive at 45. It does open the door for teams to bid on him and risk giving a, a two first-round picks to, to Baltimore if they, if they sign him to an offer sheet. You would think that there might be somebody out there, Carolina, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Houston, somebody who would be interested in a former MVP. But again, I think it's more about his health and and the fact that he's missed all these games that that is is the factor that's scaring teams off as opposed to him asking for a fully guaranteed contract. And perhaps he'll finally come off of that, especially if he hires an agent. But the Lamar Jackson thing is definitely one to watch and to me, that was after the Derek Carr signing. That was the next quarterback domino to drop. And now we're all watching the Rodgers situation with the Jets and would the Raiders step in, but do the Raiders have cash flow issues that they don't want to eat that $60 million bonus this year with Rodgers? And so there's a lot of things happening. I'll tell you one thing, Jim, I think it's becoming more and more obvious, as we've talked about, that the Packers are moving on to Jordan yeah. Love. And, and so – I think Rogers realizes that too. And so he's going to take his next best alternative very quickly. And we'll see if that suggests. Yeah, it certainly looks like at the moment. By the way, we're talking here on the morning of March 9th. Uh, of course, things change, uh, but we try to talk about a lot of things philosophically, hit a lot of different topics. So even if uh, news comes down after we record, most of the show is still relevant. By the way, let's give kudos. Uh, congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings organization. They become the most player, they are named the most player friendly franchise by the NFLPA in terms of the way they treat players, facilities, support. Uh, and this is, you know, this is a pretty cool thing. And I do, do think it reflects the, uh, it is reflected in the way so many players talked about uh, Quezzi and O'Connell, the organization, the way they were treated this year. You know, you heard a lot of sincere things from veteran players saying, we love playing here. Uh, and, you know, it's a good thing for the current players. It also could end up being a tiebreaker down the road for certain free agents if they know that the, an organization treats them well. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and the word gets around. <laughs> players pay attention and they talk to other players. And, and so, yeah, I think it can definitely be a, a, a helpful thing in free agency that there is a, a good relationship between the, the coaching staff, the head coach especially, very player-friendly, and the GM. Things can certainly change when, when things happen with some veteran players that are released. But I think overall, there, there's certainly a good feeling, and, that, and, that, and that's a ni- nice recognition for the, for the Vikings organization and their leadership especially, uh, starting with, with ownership, GM, head coach, and, and so on down the line. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's a great tribute. I also think that uh, when you were general manager, you know, you, you were a general manager in a league that was still pretty old school. And there were teams where it was just like the authoritarian head coach figure who told you what you do and everybody had to shut up and just do it. I always felt like you, uh, in your own way, uh, really tried to make it a comfortable place for players. Yeah, I definitely did. And I think that's more my personality. And, and I think that the, the coaches that I worked with were kind of in a similar mode and, and talking about <clears throat> guys like Bernsey, uh, even it, some of uh, the later years with Bud, Bernsey, uh, Denny Green in, the, in, in his tenure here, I, I think was very player friendly. Jeff Fisher, I worked with down in Tennessee, uh, similar and had been a former NFL player. So I, I think that definitely helps when you're in a position to to work with people, I, I think that especially the GMs that kind of sit in the ivory tower, so to speak, and I always believed in getting out to practice at least for a half hour a day, talking to players, talking to coaches, going down to the team meals. I, I thought that was important to have relationships. I would always have, have a couple key guys that would be my go-to guys to go out to lunch with when we're on the road in preseason games. And it could have been Chris Carter here, Eddie George in Tennessee and kind of get the pulse of the team. And I think too many management people don't do that and and try to stay above, have that condescending attitude. And that that does not play well, especially with, with the modern day athletes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, hey, let's get a final thought from Jeff. It's going to be a really interesting offseason. By the time we talk again, the Vikings will certainly have made some more moves. We'll have a lot to analyze. It looks like March 17th is a key date for making decisions on a lot of key players with the Vikings. For today, once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore or WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Our producer, Brandon Morton, thank you for listening to talk, TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod if you'd like to see the shows as they are released. Uh, for today, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Yeah, I think just thinking about the end of the of the franchise tag period and, and not really any surprises there. As we mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley getting franchised, Tony Power and Josh Jacobs uh, for the Cowboys and, and the Raiders, Evan Ingram in, in Jacksonville and Darren Payne in Washington. So no, no real surprises there. And now we kind of head into the the – overkill season shall we call it where where you're talking about all the pro days and then bringing players into the facility and you and i have always talked how the nfl loves their pr machine to be fed by spreading out these events free agency the draft and and i i'm still a firm believer as i've told you often that after the combine 
I was ready for the draft and our scouts were ready for the draft. We could tweak our board in, in about a half an hour and we could have the draft immediately. Guys like Bill Belichick have said, move up the draft so that they can get the players indoctrinated into the system and the schemes earlier. They can be more helpful in their rookie seasons. I agree with that. Even if the players are still in school, which so many of them don't do, don't stay in school now because they have to train for the, for all their workouts. It's just, it's just kind of a crazy system. I, I would still always endorse the NBA system. Do the draft first, then do free agency about two weeks later, and then have those teams all situated and head into the offseason program. So I think the NFL's got it backwards. But as, as we've talked about, the league loves the PR machine. They love to spread out the draft, keep that speculation on guys like Anthony Richardson going. <laughs> Yeah, the NFL is the best thing the NFL does is keep themselves in headlines year round. It's it's been brilliant. It has worked brilliantly. Uh, they're the dominant force in American sports. Uh, so hard to second guess them. I mean, there are more logical ways to do things, but in terms of building their brand, they know how to do that. That that is for sure. Uh, good stuff from Jeff. Thank you to Jeff. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.